0: Welcome, friends. November 16th, 2020. My name's Tom Jacopin, and this is the Tom Jacopin Podcast, a.k.a. Uh, Welcome. I have some exciting things to share with you today. A great, uh, I think, an intelligent and wonderful guest, Kristen Koltik. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Um, most of you know, although the media did its level best to black out the uh, the Million MAGA March uh, this weekend, but many of you who are following the election uh, who are interested in President Donald Trump and the patriotic Americans that support him, uh, I know most of you saw the pictures that myself and many have posted, uh, but I don't know how many of you know anybody that personally went or heard their story. I know Melanie uh, Patterson, from the, the Mon Valley area that we did the uh, the rally with with the, the national rock band, she was there. I'm interested in hearing her take. But Kristen is a friend of mine. Actually, we've never chatted before. We've never. I even know read. this yeah. is the first time. It's awesome. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I, I we've been friends on Facebook for probably a couple of years, and I've always appreciated uh you know your take on humanity. You seem like a wonderful human being. We probably share a lot of the same values. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it was a bold move for you to pony up and go there. And, and I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, w- what you saw, um, the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, the pictures were amazing. Of course, the mainstream media talked about it being a couple of thousand people. Uh, talk to me. What, what, what was it like? What did you see? What was the experience?
1: The experience. It was a wild one. First of all, thank you for having me on. Like I, I said, when we chatted a moment ago, I just always really appreciate an opportunity to, to get the truth out, uh, especially when the media and social media is working so hard to keep us quiet right now. Um, so yeah, it, it was uh, kind of an on a whim decision to go down to DC and um, Yeah, I don't know if you know much about me, but my, my degree is in social movements. And so I have for 15 years now been, uh, researching social, political and cultural movements. And, um, so this sort of communist revolution that's been going on in America for actually like 80 years, I have been talking about this for 15 years to anyone that would listen. And now we're at the point, as you know, where we're kind of uh, at the catalyst for that. So I definitely wanted to be down there for the mega march. uh, But I'm a mom, I have a seven year old son. And I knew, uh, you know, it wasn't possibly the safest decision for me uh, and I really wanted to take my son with me but I, that was uh, totally out of the question just uh, because of black lives matter and antifa there there was rumors they were going to be there of course they were going to be there um, but I have spent a good amount of time in DC over the years and it's my parents took me there for the first time when I was a little kid I, I grew up um, having the value of patriotism and grew up in a military family. So I have always loved Washington, D.C. and just rolling in there on Friday, it was shocking. Uh, It's only been about a year since I was there last, but um, it really felt like uh, we were driving into North Korea. And I don't say that lately. I've never been to North Korea, but, um, you know, from what I know about, about the state there, when you go into Washington, DC, now the entire city is boarded up. Every business is boarded up. Um, and there is propaganda hanging on the fences, things that say, um, you know, eviction notice, anti, anti anti-Trump propaganda, um things that are like vulgar and swearing that for whatever reason are just allowed to hang there in front of the white house and stuff. And it just really did kind of feel like some, something you would see in a documentary about communist China or North Korea. It it was really shocking to me and unsettling. And uh, you just got the sense that you didn't want to be alone wearing any type of uh, you know Trump gear or anything. Like, it just wasn't safe, you know? And, and the first night, uh, well, actually the only night that we spent there, because once we got in there, I couldn't wait to get out. Um, you know, the entire night at the hotel, we stayed in, in the city, and it was uh, just loud. It was weird, because it was an eerie quietness. There's not a lot of people out and about, but because the event was going on, There were people with megaphones from all hours of the night. And you almost couldn't tell, like if it was conservatives or Antifa or BLM, it was just like an eerie feeling. I didn't even want to go out. We we got Uber Eats because I was like, I don't want to be out on the streets after dark. And um, yeah, of course the vibe totally, totally changed uh, for the actual event. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. The energy totally shifted. I could not believe, I mean, at the time that we were there, we hadn't yet seen any of the aerial photos. Mm-hmm. It was just people as far as the eye could see in every direction. I have been to my share of, you know, rallies and protests throughout the years, but nothing like this, you know, it was, it was an incredible Experience. I mean, I just never, I've never been in, in a place where there were so many people at one time.
0: Yeah, it, it looked huge. I mean, it looked unreal. Yeah. Um, and yet I, 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 I know that it was real. And, you know, the, the business of vibration, what you said earlier, you know, I think it was Tesla that said vibration is everything. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, uh, I grew up, uh, I'm five years younger than my sister who grew up in the hippie, oh, you know, the Janis Joplin <laughs> Woodstock. And, and it was very common, you know, he gives me a bad vibe, she's a good vibe. But it's real. A- and mm-hmm. I've noticed that I can be in a room where I feel, you know. Okay, I like it here, and then I've been with other people. It's not that they're bad people or good people. It's just you know, I've had that singence, that feeling before. Yeah. And um, And I think it's real. And I'm interested, you know, again, I you know, I'm interested in hearing, in fact, Brad and I've talked about interviewing some people who are progressives, you know. Uh, I, I participate in some blogs some chat rooms, uh, you know, against or or progressives against neoliberalism. I mean, these are this is the far left. Yes. And so I'm interested in hearing what they're about, but the hatred. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering, like, when it comes to that that hatred that you felt or that darkness, mm-hmm. is that characteristic of the entire spirit of the left? Uh, is that is that what uh, the movement is about or, um, uh, or in all probability, are there some good people as well? Some good hearted Democrats who, you know, perhaps are drinking the Kool-Aid of mainstream media. I mean, what did you sense there from the left? What was it like once That's folks great, began to, you know?
1: Question. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, let me break it down. because There are a few parts of that question. Um, I, I really, um, I, when you look back throughout history, and you look at how uh, communism or, or fascist revolutions take place, there's an exploitation and manipulation of the, of the population that takes place. And of course, not everyone um, is susceptible to that, and it, it, that largely depends on you know how much propaganda you're allowing yourself to be inundated with. I, I think that the majority. Of the Democratic Party, and I'm not talking about the politicians, but um, you know the the populace who define themselves as liberals or Democrats are great people, and they are they are just seeing what the media decides that they should see, and they wholeheartedly believe that they're you know righteous and virtuous, and that Trump is the enemy of the state. Um, but what, what you end up getting with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, which is essentially the same group, they're controlled by the same you know masters, they're funded by the same people, uh, you get a group of people who, um, for whatever reason, and, and like you were saying, with vibration, it, it may be that they're just more vulnerable uh, to this exploitation. But what what happens there is that, there's an idea that gets drilled into these people that they are victimized, that 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 they're that they've been victimized for a long time, that they're powerless, and that um, Donald Trump, the Republican Party, whatever, is the boogeyman, the oppressor, and so they're constantly told that this, you know, group of people or person is victimizing you and and it's building in them like this rage because they believe it and then you have with the case of black lives matter and antifa you have these paid agitators who are who come into the groups of people who have been emotionally exploited and then the agitators come in and they start you know kind of poking and prying and getting people riled up and and then it generates that mob mentality and some of the stuff that I saw really shocked me I mean I do a lot of research and I stay very uh up to date on everything that's going on but it it was still quite shocking to see um you know that that kind of mob mentality at play And, and then of course you get the media twisting it and saying you know there's there's violence and and attacks that took place during the mega march and that simply isn't true everything that happened took place after the march ended
0: that, that was what what i i saw based you, you know and again very limited mainstream coverage mm-hmm. um but going back just a minute so you got there in the morning um you know it was boarded up it looked like iran or fallujah Um, and I'm, 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 I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I get, I, I understand. And then people begin to show up and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, for the most part, being born and raised in Western PA, uh, self-employed entrepreneur, most of my business has been serving the working class middle American, you know, so that's kind of my tribe, right? I understand Mm -hmm. these guys, the truck driver, the self-employed, the contractor, they tend to be the builders you know most small business people a lot of people don't realize this about the self employed but most self employed people the, the nature of being an entrepreneur is you know we we want less government we want to be left alone oh, yeah. we want to do our own thing right oh, yeah. yes. um, and and these are pretty good people you know they they're not perfect people there's idiots among every, you know every sure every group right mm-hmm. but but i I saw pictures of people singing the national anthem. I saw pictures of people, you know, standing in solidarity with the things that I grew up, that I was taught in elementary school, were what America was about. Patriotism, the Mm -hmm. land of the free, the home of the brave, you know, And, and, and I find it interesting that today we live in a time where that is actually being characterized or painted as bad, you know? And I see, you know, I see the, you know, the camera panning now to where gentlemen such as myself who believe in the second amendment, who believe in liberty and freedom, you know, could very easily be characterized as white supremacist, racist, uh, bigoted, hate mongers, you know? And, And I think we're a gnat's eyelash away from that. You know, as it relates the, the MAGA people, the, the, the rank and file um, supporter of Donald Trump, what did you see there? What kind of spirit? What kind of respect? Uh, what did the place look like after it was over? I mean, did you see yeah. anything out of bounds? Really,
1: really great question as well. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, I, I have a very similar background as you. I'm an entrepreneur. My father is an entrepreneur, but I was also raised in a military family. We have police so I have, um, you know, a lot of uh, traditional conservative values. But, you know, I went to a liberal arts college, got a degree in social justice and social movements. And, uh, you know, I there are parts of me that really are a bleeding heart liberal. And I was having a conversation with my husband while we were in D.C. that I have always had the same values. And there was a point in time, you know, 20 years ago where I was considered a liberal. All right. By most people, I mean, I I don't really like identity politics, so I don't really define myself either way. Um, but I haven't changed yet. The society has changed, and the left has gone so far left that I'm now what's considered alt right or something. And it's it's really amazing, you know. And and you're absolutely right, you know. The these traditional values. Um, are being demonized, you know, by, by the media. And it, it, it's a weird, um, it's a weird dynamic. Uh, but the experience at the mega March was like a coming alive of people who share those traditions and those values. And they're, they're really just tired of being told that they're wrong, that they're bad, that they're evil, that they're racist. Um, for, for, embracing those values. And, and it was it was amazing. I mean, there, it, that was the the most, not just the largest group of people I've ever been a part of, but the most diverse. And, um, you know, you had people coming together of all races, ethnicities. You had uh, gay pride for Trump. There were um, transsexual people. There were just, you know, children, elderly, men, women. It, it was incredibly diverse. And Everyone so you're,
0: you're telling me it. that not everybody there was uh, a, white a, pink, a, a white nationalist, right?
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, exactly. And it, it was, you know, the, actually, I made a Facebook post about this, but really what stood out to me the most was that I probably saw the largest amount of uh, Chinese Americans who were uh, handing out pamphlets, about the Chinese Communist Party who were pleading a case that Americans wake up and save the American republic from communism before it's too late and you know there were they were there were all ages of Chinese Americans but you could really see in the eyes of like the elderly Chinese Americans who were there just the the desperation that like we as Americans wake up and put a stop to this before it's too late because they you know, they came here to get away from that. They've lived it, but it was, it was absolutely peaceful. And another good point that you had was, you know, there wasn't, you know, like litter and trash being thrown around. People were, uh, there were quite a few dogs, uh, that, you know, with, that were joining the march, you know, with their families and people, I saw people stopping to, you know, clean up. Their after their dogs,
0: right on. Just
1: respect towards the city. Well, they're stakeholders, right? Yeah,
0: we love our land, yeah, and and that's how stakeholders behave.
1: Exactly, and and it was just, um, it was such a movement and and feeling of love and unity, and it's really kind of heartbreaking, and also infuriating to see uh, the media. Twist that and try to paint it in another light when it was such a beautiful thing, and that, and then try to, you know, paint um, BLM and Antifa as as victims is disgusting, really. Yeah.
0: Yes. And, and you bring up a good point. Now, I'd love to learn more. Perhaps we can do this again sometime about your to. background and training. Okay. Yeah. But you know, um, I have studied the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I could, you know, um, and have my theories on how agitators work. Mm -hmm. But I I can clearly see the narrative here about the 1%, you know, agitating, the Mm -hmm. disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. you know, pitting one class against another, whether it's race, whether it's economic, whether Mm -hmm. it's gender. And and these people are masters, you know, they, they I I have to say, the communists are very good. They have been. It's and they a well-oiled continue. machine. They are fantastic at what they do. Meticulous and,
1: strategy. Yeah.
0: Meticulous strategy. And the media uh, is in lockstep with them. Whoever are the shot callers, they're doing an excellent job um, at, at uh, you know, selling their lotion, potion pills, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So talk to me, um, you know, you had a good day. Obviously, there were speakers. I know uh, Rose Tennant was there. I know Melanie was there. Uh, I know there were many other qualified men and women who probably had much to say, and it was exciting. Um, but you you saw some things at the end of the day that, uh, that you described as being you know just challenging i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but what yeah. were well, how did how did things end up what what went down uh what should people know uh and what are your thoughts about the, you know the movement known as black lives matter and antifa again maybe not everybody in that group but let's just say the core values the mm-hmm. architects the agitators what's going on
1: yeah um I think it's really important to acknowledge that all black life matters. um, And that anyone who has um, taken issue with the organization Black Lives Matter is not in any way saying that black life does not matter. Um, In fact, you know, I have relationships with a lot of people of color who, um, you know, See the truth of what these organizations are. They're not grassroots grassroots movements. They are top-down funded organizations that are essentially um, machines of of this uh, you know driving force behind the communist revolution here in America. And honestly, if you look throughout history at any any uh, communist revolution or fascist revolution you see these same tactics and that's the reason why they have hijacked our education system. I mean, this is essentially a decades long strategy. And one of the very first steps is to hijack the education system, which has been going on for 30, 40 years here. And they are not educating in this country about about these um, movements and revolutions because they don't want Americans to recognize what's happening here because it really is right out of the playbook it's exactly the same it's the same tactic used over and over again and and americans unfortunately have fallen for it and and let's hope that we you know wake up now and and put a stop to it but the organization black lives matter and antifa which like i said before are essentially the same organization they are funded by the same people um, they have really the same agenda, and there's really not a distinction. the um, the As far as the agitators go, I mean, there's plenty of evidence that th- these people are paid agitators because they they end up getting arrested, and it, you find out they're not local. They they um, and there there's been footage that's come out about recruiting these people. People have found uh, Craigslist ads about paying. These people, I mean, it's undeniable that agitators are being hired and implanted in these groups at these events to invoke a, a, an emotional and eventually physical response from a group of people who, you know, are disenfranchised and, and have a, a legitimate um, concern mm-hmm but that are being exploited emotionally to drive an agenda. And and that, to me, is really the most disheartening part about this, is that people of color are not realizing that they are being further victimized uh, and, and used as puppets to push an agenda that, in the end, does not have their best interest at heart, to to the core, communism is really just a function of eugenics. Communism is the tool by which the eugenics agenda has played out over and over throughout history. And eugenics, I don't know if you, you know, know much about the eugenics movement, which has been going on, you know, for 150 years, but that ultimately is completely um, racist and, and, and has this based in some sort of pseudoscience that they can generate a limited and perfect white race of people. And and it's eugenics that's behind the communism throughout the world. And yet people of color are allowing themselves to be used and exploited to push that agenda. And and the end of the road for that is not going to serve them. And it it hurts my heart that people do not see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have been told by some of the old timers, you know, from Europe, uh, my family, the Akopins, were a part of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, and of course, Czechoslovakia and a, a lot of places in Europe were ravaged by the Communist Party. Uh, in fact, a gentleman reached out to me today on Facebook and copied and pasted you know, some words from a friend who lived through this, but, but it's exactly as you said, they use the disenfranchised to further an agenda. And then typically, unfortunately, those people groups are often discarded as useful idiots. Once the, uh, once the agenda has come full force, unfortunately. Uh, And I can see that happening very quickly. Brad, I don't know how we're doing on time. Uh, He's roaming around. uh, Feel like we're probably going long. (laughs) uh, It's good. I I think we're good. But um, uh, bring it bring it to a close. You said there were a few things that were very disturbing. What what in particular did you see? uh, And what would you like to say as you you know maybe the last uh, closing five minutes as we bring this as we as we bring this as we land the plane?
1: Yeah. I'm totally back the blue. First of all, let me say that. But there there was a massive uh, logistics and security breakdown after this event. And I I don't Want to point fingers at anyone because there were over a million people there and I don't think anyone was prepared for that. But what happened at the end of the event was that uh, the final speaker um had directed everyone the march went up pennsylvania avenue and they had directed everyone to go across and go back down independence way and the reason for that was because they knew that black lives matter and antifa were there waiting and they were too cowardly to attack this group of people together so they were waiting down there as the crowd dissipated to um, find people who were isolated and vulnerable and unfortunately not everyone got that memo and there were no you know police or security telling people not to go this way and so what resulted were um a lot of very disgusting and and violent attacks that that took place at the hands of black lives matter and the most disturbing that i saw um is that a black mother who was there with her three children uh, being harassed and terrorized by a white woman wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, part of the Black Lives Matter group. And uh, there was a a white man who um, tried to come to her defense because she's begging and pleading, like, look at what you're doing to my children. And they're relentless. There's like no conscious... Because of that mob mentality, there's no like consciousness present. And so someone shoved the man and he went toppling into this child and the child went down and uh, The police came and, and uh, detained, not arrested, but detained the man who had gotten shoved and No one was coming to the the assistance of the mother or the children, and it's just baffling to me that things have gotten so convoluted and and twisted and distorted that a white woman can inflict this type of terror onto a black mother and her three children. That's a hate crime. It is a hate. But because it's Black Lives Matter. And, and, the, and the Black mother was a Trump supporter, nothing gets done. It's okay. The media covers it up. The police did nothing. And it's, it just makes my blood boil. boil. It's like Black Lives Matter is a name and that's it. That Black mother's life didn't matter. Her children's lives didn't matter. And we just really like my commitment right now is that we need to expose the truth of Black Lives Matter, of Antifa and how these um, people of color are being exploited and used.
0: You, and you, you gave you sent me over that link because I think I copied and pasted a brief narrative. We'll post that link on the podcast site mm-hmm. uh, once this is produced and out there and that way people can kind of see firsthand what you saw okay it's like a
1: two minute long ordeal and and I'm not sure if I sent you uh because I have another link if I didn't send it to you yeah resend
0: me what you want on there
1: yeah because there there are um dozens of videos of of other violent attacks that that took place at the hands of BLM and then you you see the the media is trying to make light of that and imply that this violence was the result of a mega event and and it absolutely wasn't
0: yeah i mean i think one of the famous clips that's i think Dinesh D'Souza uh you know republished it today and it's a picture of that gentleman who kind of reminds me a lot of myself probably my age walking you know away and a guy comes up and literally just clocks him around you know knocked him right out you know face down uh, you you they know, took which his is a. Co- and, then they took yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and somebody steals his phone, you know. But it's it's a classic cowardly act, which is, you know, that's the thing. And I see this over and over again, whether it was in Portland or Kenosha, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they're picking off the weak. You know, they're not going to go after uh, the that's Proud Boys, they're not going to go after, true. you know, a guy like my son in law, Alan. Um, You know, uh, ex-Marine, you know, they're going to go after the, you know, somebody that's not looking or the black mother or whoever carrying Mm -hmm. the Trump sign. Uh, Very interesting. So um, in closing, uh, and I think you were the one that posted this, it's important, uh, you know, my blood boils too. Um, I get angry, but I think above all of this, one of my favorite texts from sacred scripture is above everything have a fervent charity, which is a word for love, right? <laughs> because, it, you know, love, the, the scripture says, covers a multitude of sins or failures, you know? So I, I think above all of it, as much as we can on every side of the aisle we've got to walk in love wouldn't you agree and somehow yes we've got to tell the truth i'm all about exposing the bullshit you know i'll call a liar a liar i'll call a deadbeat a deadbeat doesn't mean i don't love them okay but you know what are some what are some answers that you might have how can we the people uh how how do we deal with this while while we're exposing truth While we're coming to terms, we want to have good conversation. You you know, uh, what's a takeaway? What's something you can share with our listening audience today that might really help us to cope with and walk this out for the benefit of uh, the United States of America?
1: Yeah, great question, Tom. I think um, you know there. There was one of the one of the signs I saw, and and, uh, you know, this is a this is a pretty uh, famous quote, but. To the, one of the one of the um, people at the at the rally had a sign that said, "To to tell the truth is an act of love," and wow. it it absolutely is. You know, and I know um, that despite you know the backlash and and the criticism and the accusations, that we are coming from a place of love and sharing these truths that we're fighting for all people, even the people who don't you know align or agree with us. But I think it's really important um, not to kind of feel the fire with, with people who uh, are confrontational. It was, you know, at, at the mega event, there was so much love present. And it's it, ultimately love and light are the only thing that drive out the darkness. And, right. you know, we need to have compassion for, um, you know, our brothers and sisters who are who are you know find themselves aligning with the democratic party right now and and you know they don't they see only what they're told to see they know only what they're told to know and um you know of course I,
0: they I, would say the same thing about us right I
1: know that I know <laughs> I know I get it I get it's
0: hard it's no but it's I, tough. I, I I'm but with you. I,
1: I think about Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And I think that's a really important and relevant message that, you know, these people are, we all have that point, you know, like we all have that point where that cognitive dissonance finally gets broken down and we're forced to confront reality. And it's a tough, it's a tough um, confrontation, especially when you think about people who like are in the medical field or people who you know maybe are really vocal on Facebook or definitely like the, the Black Lives Matter Antifa people, because to come to terms with that reality also requires that you come to terms with your own culpability in, in participating in that and propagating that. And it's a process that human psychology um, makes challenging and emotional. And, and so we just really need to have compassion and understanding for that you know these people ultimately are victims they have been victimized in a lot of ways by you know th- this communist agenda we all have and and to find commonality in our humanness and and that we are all dealing with this however you know awakened we are to it or not we're all dealing with it
0: yes we are Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, much love, much respect and honor for you. Thank you. Back, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to for being a part of this thank podcast. Let's me. do it again. Okay. Please,
1: please. thanks. Really you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: All right. God thanks again. Tom. Thanks, everybody. Uh, again, the Tom Jacopin podcast. Visit us online at YouTube. If you like what you see in here, subscribe, give us a like, share it with others. Also on Facebook. And then I think Brad is populating us all over the universe. That's our goal. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.